passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. Once again, it's Chuck Campisi and Tony Dick with Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Again, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. You can find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns, B-L-E-A-V, on Instagram and Twitter. Tony, training camp has started i guess um well the doors are open doors doors are open doors are open testing procedures are finished at this point looks like the browns flying colors aced the exam um don't seem to have any problems with the covid19 in the browns facility at the moment which is a positive team is finally able to do some walkthroughs so approximately Six and a half, seven months after Stefanski is hired as the Browns head coach, he finally gets to meet the players. Uh, what do you think that was like, Tony? Well, I, you know, it, well, it, as we've said in previous weeks, I mean, uh, clearly these aren't these aren't normal times, but. I, I, I guess it's good that he finally got to meet everybody, right? I yeah. mean, because you can do I'm all not the, on Zoom. Yeah, right? yeah. You know he met them, yeah. right? He's had phone yeah. calls and stuff like that, but in person. In person. So, um, you know, so the, those people who opted out of the uh, the video, he actually gets to, get to see who they were. <laughs> but, no, I, I think it's a positive sign that they're in the building. It's a positive sign that, you know, 
we we didn't hear a story coming out that you know there were you know 13 guys 12 guys 30 guys whatever that had covid so that's good so in that regard um you know at least we're we're making football moves right if you will yeah. uh, and and it, i think that's exciting as fans that's all you can hope for is and that's all you can really do is just um just keep hoping that these things happen people stay healthy and and you know the day when we actually start hearing pads cracking i mean that's when it's really going to be magical but for now we'll take the fact that our guys are in the building and they've met their coach face to face yeah well hopefully they you know bumped elbows elbows or whatever but um that's good that's a good sign yeah, and hopefully you got guys following protocols. You're hearing all the stories about coaches walking the wrong way down the one-way hallways and not paying attention, but uh, hopefully we can manage that. Uh, next week, a week from today, August 12th, will be, Tony, helmets and time-controlled practices. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And then five days after that, August 17th, Right, it's a Monday. Put it in your calendar, everybody. Um, fully padded practices are allowed. Teams can have up to fourteen till roster cut down day. So that's September fifth. So you can fit your fourteen fully padded practices in there. Obviously, you know, with the walkthroughs, I don't think the helmets are really going to add that much more. Um, you know, you might get a little more physically active. But once you finally strap on those pads, is 14 practices going to be enough, Tony, for this team? Uh, No, but it's going to have to be. I I mean, it's one of those things where is it enough? No. I mean, this team could use as much practice as possible. I mean, a majority of what they're implementing is new stuff. And um, but but you got to take what you're given, make the most of it. And I do like the the. the, the practice of uh, what they've said they're going to do is split the squad. So they'll take the number of players that come in, and they're actually going to split them into two groups and and, and practice, um, you know, in those separate two groups just to, to keep folks as isolated as possible, um, which is a smart, you know, obviously a smart way of doing things. And, um, you know, I think you, you just get in what you can, and you're just going to have to run with it because it, we can't, you know, barring jumping into a time machine, we can't go back. Um, and I, I don't think they're going to push the start of the season back any further. Um, I, I don't foresee that. So if that's the case, that's, that's the time you have. So we'll have to make the most of it. And, um, you know, I, I don't know how much in this day and age I put on the, um, you know, obviously seeing them go full speed is great. Um, and I think you can learn better and you, you get better when you're going full speed. But once again, we're not the only team. It would be different yeah. if we were the only team not doing it. So everybody's kind of behind the eight ball. It's just what do we do with our time? Like how are we utilizing our time? And, and that's what we need to be concerned with. And um, it sounds like, like I said, Stefanski, I, love, I loved hearing that he had the, the foresight to um, you know split the squad in half. I, 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 think, I think they're going to be okay as far as getting the plays in, learning the playbook. But it's the execution of the stuff. You can know the play, but it's the execution of the plays that that scores the points. Not, you know, there's no quiz at the beginning of the game where you get extra points for knowing the playbook. Yeah, and I and I think for the first quarter of the season, one of the big things is going to be how good a shape guys came into camp at, right? Because you don't have, you didn't have all those OTAs, you didn't have mini camps, you're not having a traditional kind of training camp. 
and, and you see some of the injuries that are happening in, in the NBA right now with guys kind of ramping back up rather quickly. Yeah. Uh, so if guys were able to maintain, you know, obviously not, you're not going to be able to maintain the type of shape that you all are in game shape, right? Nobody's going to be able to do that. But if you're able to maintain a certain elite level of fitness, the more guys that were able to do that, I think those first four weeks of the season, that's going to be a difference maker, especially for a team like this, yeah. that, you know, we're not returning a team that we're not returning the Kansas city chiefs. We're not returning the Baltimore Ravens. Right. Uh, but you have guys who can make plays, who can do those things. Hey, if you came back in shape, maybe you can sneak out a win or two. Yeah. Well, I, I've always said, you know, of all the sports that are out there, I think football is the one where you are most dependent on your um, players taking it serious in the offseason and staying in shape. And I'm not saying in baseball. I mean, you can't come in 400 pounds no. baseball. <laughs> you know, but, but, but you know, with football – uh, because when you talk about the mini camps and all these things that are going on, a lot of those mini camps, it's not like, you know, there are a couple weekends, you know, back to back to back. In three weekends, nobody's, you know, getting in shape. No. You know, and, and for a lot of these guys, um, you know, like I said, the biggest part is going to be the mental, getting to know the playbook, getting to know where you're supposed to be. That other stuff, you better have taken care of that. And uh, if you haven't, then, then you know, I don't know. You, you you've basically hurt the entire team's ability to, uh, you know, get ahead yeah. at all. But I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully, I mean, what else did they have to do? I mean, uh, you know. Well, I mean, but, <laughs> but some of that with access, right? I mean, yeah. you weren't able to go out and do certain things. Like if you were, if, if you had a deal with a gym or something like that, where you go to that, obviously with some of those being yeah. closed, and then you know a lot of guys would fly or to go somewhere for a week or two yeah. and train with a specific trainer. Like, a lot of that stuff was limited. So, yes, I get it that, yeah, there wasn't a lot to do. But if you didn't have certain workout equipment yeah. in your house um, because you went somewhere to do that, then you had to make those arrangements. And sometimes those weren't uh, always speedy, shall we say, from a delivery process. Yeah. Well, you know me, I'm, I'm more of a sit-ups and push-ups guy myself. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> So, we have a couple other things Browns-related. Sure. We'll go first with uh, the OBJ statement, right? We have players who complained earlier that the NFL was not following the protocols that they had put in place. Then he comes out and states, hey, they don't view us as people, right? All of these types of things. But then he doesn't opt out. So, I get you know, potentially his frustration, but I think the way he phrased it and then not following it up with what I would consider an action that would back the words that he made, and this is like very rare that I am kind of semi-pro owner here. Um, you know, why are you then not opting out if you believe all of these things that you just said? Well, yeah. It you know, I, I don't know. I, I've been saying since the, the, the minute we, we brought him in here that I thought it was a mistake. And I'm not saying that just because he says this, you get rid of him. I, I think you get rid of him because he says this and all the other things that he said prior to this. <laughs> I, I just think, it will, I mean, here's, and I'm being serious about this. Here's one of your team leaders 
Uh, these are unprecedented times. We just discussed the difficulty, uh, you know, of people, you know, having access to things and staying in shape and doing the right things. And and there's a lot of people on the team that have done that. Like they've made the effort to do everything they need to do to be ready for the season. And for him, I think a lot of it, when you're a leader, a lot of it, you can think one thing, but you got to think about how you're going to say what you believe when you get in public. And to come out and say, you know what, I don't even care if this season happens. I, you know, I'd be okay if this season didn't happen. If, if, if this is one of the leaders on our team, and that's what's coming out of his mouth, I, no matter how he qualifies it, I mean, come on. It, you're, I, I just don't get it. I, I mean, I don't get why he would say something like that, um, other than the fact that, you know, he just – He's not a leader, and he doesn't know how to communicate, um, you know, to the media, you know, in a way, shape, or form that, you know, puts him in the light as a leader. I, I just think it's an awful thing to say. I don't care if this season happens. I could care less if this season happens. I mean, come on. You got all these guys busting the rears, not even just players. I mean, we talked about the facility and, and how no one's COVID positive, and they got everything all set up. You know, the, you know they've basically stripped the building, scrubbed the building, rebuilt the building so that they have the ability to, uh, you know, so socially distance and all these things. I mean, there's a lot of effort has gone into just them getting the doors open this week and them getting in the building. A lot of people busting the rear end to make that happen. And then for you to come in and say, well, you know, I, who cares if this season happens or not? I mean, it's just... Well, and, that's, I, and I think that's where the challenge is as it's moved kind of to modern sport. You know, I, I read the, the Captain Class by Sam Walker not that long ago when I used to make my classes read it as well you know we assume that because you're a talented or you're the best player on the team that you need you are the captain he does not have those qualities from a captain standpoint right he is an extremely talented player but he is not the guy that i would call a leader on that squad and if he is this year then that's going to spell some kind of doom and gloom. I think it's going to be a it's going to be a typical Brown season yep. um, if that permeates, and that's going to be a challenge. And then speaking of that, we have Joku, the Joker. He's back in, Tony. Yeah. He's all in. He's all in. He's all in. He went to the casino. Uh, <laughs> he apparently said, "I'm all in," and he's ready to roll the dice for uh, the 2020 season. If you're Stefanski, if you're Baker Mayfield, I guess. If you're anybody, you know, Alex Van Pelt, what are your thoughts on Joku and his situation? Um, I'm, I'm looking for a package deal with Joku and OBJ <laughs> to another team. I mean, I don't know. I, You know, it's one of those things where I, I've seen it before, right, where where guys will they'll sit there and they'll run their mouth the whole entire offseason, then the reality comes that nobody else wants them. Um, and, and, and then they got to come back. And, and once again, it goes back to what I was just saying about OBJ. Like, once you ring that bell, you can't unring it. I mean, so you, you talk crap about the organization, about how you've been treated, all this stuff, and then no one else wants you. And then you got to go crawling back to that team. I, I mean, it's just, you know. It, well, the only thing I can say is at least at some point in his career, because, and I'm going to say at some point, because his numbers have not been good. Um, the past few years. I mean, they've been yeah. okay, but they have not been earth shattering. You know, at least at some point in his career is I'll give him the first three seasons of his career. OBJ was an elite level yeah. NFL talent. He is 
in my opinion, he is not that anymore. He had more. T- he had as many touchdowns in 2015 as he has had in the last three years combined. Yeah. Well, I mean, his shoes are at an elite level. That's all he's. That's yeah. all he's concerned. So about I mean, this. and then Joku. Joku hasn't even <laughs> no, he's approached the heights no. of of OBJ at any point in his no. career. So him, for him to think that there was this massive market for him out there, I and you know, Drew, in my opinion, is a pretty good agent. For him to allow that to happen. Yep. He needs to be able to, you know, educate his players better about what the potential market for them would be. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, like I said, we'll see. It, you know, it. it I, I don't really know the chemistry of this locker room. So, like I said, I've seen guys do this in the past, and there's two ways this can go. Uh, one, he's going to come in the locker room, and guy's going to bust his chops, and they're just going to tell him, hey, you know, yeah, get in well, here, yeah, let's yeah. get going. And then two, um, there's going to be the, you're just in the corner for the rest of the, the season, and and no one's gonna, you know, you, you all of a sudden become, um, you know, like COVID, right? Everybody's <laughs> avoiding you, um, and, and it's, we'll see. I mean, like I said, it, it, it's if he's gonna stick around, hopefully it's the you know the the former, you know, where guys just say, hey, you're an idiot, and then we're gonna get to make fun of you now for the entire season, and you're gonna have to take it, but produce on the field, yeah. Um, hopefully that's what we get because nobody wants the the ladder. You don't want a guy that's in the locker room and he's just, you know. Yeah. And that's I think that's there. mostly on the player, the individual player themselves, how they handle that situation. Yeah. And and I think if he comes in and he does bust his butt and and he doesn't even have to blow doors off with production, he's got to be relatively productive. You know, a solid number two tight end behind Hooper, realistically, and. Every bygones will be bygones, and you know what? And then there might actually be a market for him next year because he came in and, and produced. Yeah, and well, he's been a solid number two for yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe a little running. Um, so we've had two more players dropped out since the last time we talked. Last time it was guard Drew Forbes and tackle Drake Dorbeck, neither of whom looked to be a massive contributor to this team anyway. So. Not massive losses from that standpoint. Then you have Colby Gossett, guard, withdrawing from the season this week, who may or may not have been a starter, probably would have been at least a rotation guard to a certain extent. And then you had Andrew Billings, who is almost definitely going to be uh, a rotation guy on that defensive line. It's a little bigger of a hit with those two. Do you foresee... Any more players dropping, Tony? I mean, you have all, and we talked about this earlier, um, kind of off the air, all guys with mitigating factors because, even whether they say it or not, just because of their size, right? Because guys are not supposed to be, you know, 320 pounds, and you got three offensive linemen and a defensive tackle. You got all big guys pulling out of the season, and if you look at the numbers and the positions of the guys that have withdrawn, almost... I would say 75% of those players are offensive or defensive linemen that have, of every team. Yeah, and, well, you know, too, and, and I, I know we're not going to start getting into medical records on guys, but I, I do know just from, you know, being around the league, there's there's probably more guys that are, um, you know, type 2 uh, diabetics mm-hmm. also, um, which a lot of it has to do with, with weight. Um, but, but those guys, I mean, that's a condition – you got to take that serious. I, I, I mean, and um, so I, I don't know. You, you know, I'm kind of on the fence with the opt-out thing. I'm, I'm thinking you, you definitely 
don't want someone in the locker room who's got doubts. Uh, I mean, because that obviously does not bode well for the team. So in, in that regard, I have to tip my hat to these guys for, hey, if you're not 100% in it, um, you know, to just show up, just to show up, uh, I think that is probably a, a disservice to the team more than just saying, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out. Um, you know, where it's tough is is for, you know, the thing you got to remember, the average career is, you know, less than three seasons. Um, to sort of sit a season out when you think about it, I, you, you got to believe that these, I mean, this is a tough decision for people to make. So, um to me, I, I, I don't know. I got I definitely respect anybody who decides to opt out because it can't be an easy decision. You know, when people say, wow, they're getting $150,000 for sitting on their butt or three hundred. Yeah, but I, I mean, if... Yeah, but they would have got... I mean, those, gotta, I mean the Billings would have got three and a half million. Yeah, like, yeah. There's a significant... Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. When people are like, oh, these guys are selfish for sitting out. It's like, no, no, no. This is what they're doing is the opposite. If someone said, I will give you three and a half million dollars yeah. because... They don't even know really at this point if there's going to be a season, mm. right? That's a whole other conversation, especially with yeah. UConn football canceling their season. Looks like I'm going to bet college football is not going to happen this year. Yeah. I put pro football in a different category because of the nature of it. Maybe there's going to be a season. Because if they don't opt out right now and there's not a season, right, they're in line for a bigger payday. Yeah. So they could collect more and really and then if they would have played hey man if somebody tells you three and a half million or one hundred fifty thousand, what would you rather have yeah i think the answer is pretty obvious or, or or you could be the guy who you know tweaks his hammy and, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, and, yeah. and, and and is getting paid full and is on the IR anyhow. Yeah, I, mean, I have I, a soft tissue lower back injury. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, I, you know, like I said, I, it's it's tough to see anybody out, um, you, you know, leave. But I think the ability to replace these guys is, you know, especially there's no big names. Like obviously, if Baker's a guy that opts out, then you're in trouble. Yeah. Um, but and I, I don't want to say these guys aren't that important, but I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, but I do respect the fact that they've made that decision. I mean, it, it, like I said, it's it's not an easy decision to make uh, because the other thing, the other risk you run is, um, and like I said, you can't control the minds of everyone in the locker room. But but you, and you certainly wouldn't hope this would happen. But you got to believe it probably will. Is, is guys you know, taking it out on somebody for, for opting out or may, maybe not to the point of, you know, hazing or that, but that's always going to be a, Hey, you, you know, guy's going to joke about it in the locker room. And, um, you know, that, that's something I'm sure weighed on, on their mind too, when they made these decisions, but, um, yeah, what the hell, you, you know, if, if you want to put your health first, you have every right to do that. And, um, that's why they put that system in play anyhow. So, yeah. Um, and there's a $350,000 one as well, right? But you have to have one or more of the, the risk factors. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at the risk factors, cancer, sickle cell disease, type 2 diabetes, asthma, hypertension, liver disease, uh, chronic kidney disease, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, uh, COPD, um, a serious heart condition. A lot of those you wouldn't be playing with anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, you're <laughs> really, if you're looking at that, the one that might be the biggest concern necessarily for an NFL, right? A league that's, you know, 60% African-American, black, however you want to say it, right? Is sickle cell, yeah. right? I mean, that's the trait that's much more common. So you might have sickle cell traits 
Um, I don't know how they're qualifying the disease, what traits you need to have yeah. uh, from that standpoint. So that would be an interesting one to see how they're managing that. The uh, type 2, I guarantee point. you there is a, oh, a large a number of guys. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. yeah. No, I remember it as well. We had a bunch of guys. I mean, when you have guys that size, yeah. you just it's going to happen. Uh, that's why you see a ton of offensive linemen or defensive linemen. When they retire, you might not recognize them a few years later because they are, yeah. you know, 100 pounds lighter. Yeah. So, but when you're talking about that, Tony, from a league standpoint, we talked about the Chiefs last time, the talent that they have seen. You know, granted, they've only had two guys leave, but both guys are starters. Both guys were instrumental in their Super Bowl run. Then you have the Patriots. <laughs> Man, apparently guys don't like Bill Belichick, or they really liked Tom Brady. <laughs> um, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight pats out. And significant starters, um, you know, or contributors from from that standpoint that are out, you know, Donta Hightower, um, Patrick Chung. How do you think this is going to impact, I would say, specifically the Pats? Because every other team has lost maybe a starter, maybe just a guy who's on the bench. Not necessarily elite-level talent. But the Pats have lost significant talent across a number of positions. You have running back, fullback, safety, tackle, linebacker, center, wide receiver, tight end. So every position grouping, it feels like, has been impacted for the Pats. If it were any other team other than the Pats, I would say it'd be a concern. But I, I think this is one of those things where... Um, if you don't think Bill Belichick's up 24 hours a day trying to figure out, because I, I mean, I mean, honestly, just the fact that Brady isn't there, I mean, that alone is probably driven him in the off season to to dive into everything that he does and take a look at it more than he's ever done before. And and so now with this, I mean, this is the challenge, right? I mean, and, and he's big on that, um, big on being challenged. If he can make it to the playoffs and go deep in the playoffs after, you know, I'm not saying he's got to win a Super Bowl. I'm sure in his head, that's the goal. <laughs> but but if he gets in the playoffs and goes deep in the playoffs without Tom Brady alone, and now you add this on, I mean, it's only going to further cement, um, you know, his place in history as one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest. And and I'm sure he's thinking about that now. You know, I don't know. I like I said, if it were any other team. I'd say it's a concern, but for this team, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, um, because that's always been his motto. Is um, so you're saying my New England under nine and a half bet is is not a good bet? Uh, I don't know under nine and a half. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're going to win more than nine. I, they'll win. Yeah, I don't have much on it. I got I mean, five bucks. So if they win nine in Taiwan, is that, the, is that a push? Is no, that no, that's, a, that's under nine and a half wins. All right. So, yeah, I just like betting against the Patriots because uh, as a, you know. As a hater, it yeah. makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah. No, they're still great. They're still great. I can acknowledge their greatness and not like them. Yeah, no, trust me. If there's two people right now that are turning and burning more than anybody, it's Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Because I, if you don't think Tom Brady – it wants to win a championship. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, come on. So well, both, they're fighting. They're fighting for essentially who gets control of that dynasty. Yeah. Right. Who is the first name mentioned 
when you mention the Patriots of the 2000s. In the are, dream, are, are you dream matchup would is, be uh, Buccaneers and Patriots yeah. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Are you <laughs> are you are you mentioning Tom Brady as the first person, or are you mentioning Bill Belichick as the yeah. first person? Because right, they're always back and forth, um, and and it's going to solidify who's number one. See, I always mention True Blood, so he's the one who groomed. Well, Tom. Mo Lewis is actually the one that everybody <laughs> should, should thank because uh, he made. Drew Bledsoe's insides bleed, uh, which was the reason they had to put in Tom Brady. Uh, so let's not all get you know totally yeah. wrapped up in the Bill Belichick thing because he did have Tom Brady sitting behind Drew Bledsoe for you know a quarter of a season, um, and the only reason he made the move was because uh, the guy got hurt. But you know, hey, sometimes you just get lucky. Uh, well, I mean, we, we've got uh, we've got Garrett Gilbert, you know. Waiting to become Tom Brady. Hey, you know? never know. You never know. Would he lighten it up in the XFL, right? Yeah. So, uh, well, he is off the COVID list now. So, uh, hey. or no, he's on the COVID list. He, he went on the COVID list. Oh man, we broke our string, huh? Yeah, I, I, I missed. I missed that. All right. So hopefully, hopefully we can get him back for our uh, split squad practices when they happen and fully padded practices happening on August seventeenth. Be ready, everybody. Again, helmets and time control practices on August 12th. Look for the highlights on, you know, browns.com. It's not open to the public, so don't stand outside the fence waiting to get in. Yeah. And just put that PSA out. There you go. Don't pay the guy five bucks at the Berea High School parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But maybe maybe they'll put you on the construction crew for the high school. Yeah. So I guess maybe Take a brick you need a job, here. you know, uh, Five buck entry fee. You know, I don't know what the salary is, but hopefully that'll get it done for you. So I think that's all we have for you. Thanks again for tuning in, Browns backers. Once again, Chuck Campisi and Tony Dick here with Believe in the Browns. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Once again, you can find us at Browns Believe. That's at Browns B L E A V on Twitter and Instagram. Jump check. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.